flapjacks and tits. You've tuned in to the Unbridled Enthusiasm Live podcast with your host, Mark Bulos. Recorded live every week from my basement. Hello, people. Welcome back to the Unbridled Enthusiasm podcast. My name is Mark Poulos. Thanks for joining again. Uh, the first couple podcasts, I went through some silly movies from my childhood, and uh, I figured for this next episode I would venture off a little bit and uh, maybe go over some road stories. I'm currently trying to put a book together of some of the funniest stories that's happened to me on the road, maybe like a you know, bathroom book you can read through. Uh, each story is about a page long and interesting stuff that's happened to me over my 12 years on the road. And uh, so I thought maybe for this podcast I would cover, you know, at least a couple of the funny stories, uh, time permitting. This uh, first story happened, I, uh, God, I think it's probably been seven years now. Me and uh, a comic friend I started out with in Minneapolis, his name is Joe Cocazello. We uh, decided to do a tour together where it was a bunch of gigs out west for this booker named uh, David Tribble. And uh, I was working at uh, a comedy club in Denver before we started our tour. So he came with a week early and we kind of hung out in the condo together and just kind of chatted about stuff. And in that condo, we actually came up with the idea to do this show where it's me and him and uh we decided to call it uh the stoner and the fat man because he is a very tiny man that smokes a lot of marijuana and uh i am a giant fat man so it also was like a play i don't know if you remember the 80s sitcom jake and the fat man i have no idea why stoner and the fat man rolled off the tongue so quick but it's definitely gotten a foothold out there on the road. We did learn last year that uh, Stoner and the Fat Man is uh, more of a uh, small-town bar type of thing because we tried to do it uh, at the House of Comedy at the Mall of America, and uh, needless to say, it did not hit with the force of uh, amazement as we thought it would. But uh, So every year we... We get together and uh, usually we'll do like anywhere between two and four weeks on the road as Stoner and the Fat Man. And we've got the bumper stickers, the t-shirts, and all that kind of stuff. So this story, first story, takes place uh, on our last Stoner and the Fat Man tour that we did together. We uh, had a bunch of gigs. We did, uh, I think, two comedy clubs and a bunch of one-nighters. And we were actually pretty excited because... We had so much stuff like jammed together, and uh, towards the end of our tour, it all just started falling apart. Like stuff were canceling. Like uh, we were supposed to do a gig in Pocatello, Idaho, and it was like Tuesday, and the show was like on Thursday, and they decided that there wasn't enough interest, so they canceled the show, and we got so mad. <laughs> we actually uh, uh, we contacted the hotel and and tried to see if they wanted to do a show for lower money because we were coming in there or maybe we could just do the show for a hotel room and they didn't want to hear anything about it they were done for the season 
But we got kind of confused because we thought that David Tribble wasn't working with them anymore, that they canceled outright and that they weren't ever going to be doing comedy again. But it turned out that they were just closing for the season. Uh, our bad. Because <laughs> uh, we contacted another venue in town that we had uh, become good friends with and uh, asked them if they wanted to you know, pick up the mantle of the show and, and try to do it. And they actually were really excited, and they were like, oh, yeah, we've always wanted to do it over here, but, you know, the other venue kind of had, you know, the stranglehold on comedy in Pocatello. So um, we contacted uh, that place, and they agreed to it, and we signed a contract to do a show there. So we got into town a day early, and we started flyering, like, all over the place. Uh, but we were putting on the flyers... Uh, that uh, the such-and-such such comedy show uh, had been canceled at the one place but has now moved to the new place. Um, I don't even know if I can say that. I don't think anybody's even listened to this. But the one place was a Ramada Hotel, and then uh, the other place was a cool restaurant that I loved. If you're ever in Pocatello, Idaho, please stop by the uh, the Green Triangle uh, Bar and Grill. It is outstanding food. And uh, I actually just talked to him on the phone a couple of days ago and booked a show with him in a, in a couple months, so I'm pretty excited. So we actually put on all of our uh, promotional material that the show at the Ramada was moving to the Green Tea. So if you were looking for the comedy show, it's now at the Green Tea. That in and of itself was kind of a ballsy move. Uh, but we decided to take it one step further. We actually went to the Ramada and hung flyers for our show at the Green Triangle in the Ramada. And uh, we were actually pretty surprised that nobody caught us until we really went for it at the end. Um, the show was about 60 minutes from starting. So we decided to put a giant sign on the front door of where the comedy show would be at the Ramada that basically said... Uh, comedy show has moved to the Green Triangle, and then the address and the phone number of the Green Triangle. And uh, needless to say, the uh, security and the manager there caught us and started giving us crap. And God bless Joe Cocazello because he just tore into that lady and was just like, you know, how dare you cancel a show on us two days out? You should be paying us money, and you should let us put these flyers up and stuff. And they got so mad, they called the booker and started screaming at him and when he called us we thought we were going to get screamed at but you know under his breath he was kind of like you know you know, it was a pretty stupid thing to do but actually kind of funny but uh you know in the end sadly nobody showed up to the show because it was just too quick like you need promotion and advertising for a comedy show you can't just put up a flyer an hour before the show and and hope people would show up but uh so that uh that's the f the first thing that happened and then we had a show the next week cancel on us and we were pretty bummed out about it because it was like the third or fourth show we had lost in a week and uh so we we were on our way to another show and then the booker called and he was telling us that he had good news because he was able to fill in that missing saturday with another gig uh in big timber montana and uh if you ever have a chance to go to Big Timber, Montana, change your plans because this town is absolute shit. 
I hated every second that I was in this town. We showed up to the venue and uh, we're talking to the lady. And it's all like the classic signs of a horrible comedy show is about to happen. She goes, well, we didn't rent a sound system. We're just going to run the sound through the jukebox. That's a bad idea. And then she's like, we have a wireless microphone. And I hate wireless microphones. People love them. Some comics love them because they can kind of move around with the microphone. I hate it. Because nine times out of ten, since I'm going last on the show, the battery in the microphone always dies. And the sad part about a wireless microphone is if the battery just kind of starts to die, uh, the microphone starts to cut out. And it just is ridiculous. So I was traveling with a uh, an amplifier and a microphone and a mic stand. And I was like, you know, I could just bring my sound system in. And she was like, well, you know, why don't you bring it in, you know, in case there's any problems, which, of course, there were. And uh, I didn't see any, like, flyers up for the comedy show, any posters or anything. And she was like, well, you know, we've only done one other show here. So um, it was a Monday night dinner comedy show, and it was sold out. So uh, we just put the word out in town. And uh, we're pretty pretty excited. I think some people are going to show up, you know. And this is a Friday, you know, in a small town where there's nothing else to do. I mean, we kind of felt like it was a no-brainer that a lot of people were going to show up. Flash forward, like seven people showed up to the show. But that's, I'll get to that in a minute. But we, they give us the name of the hotel and we head to the hotel. And it is absolutely disgusting. And uh, the best part of the hotel is they give us two rooms. One's non-smoking, one's smoking. And I just grabbed a room, and I went in there, and Cocazella went into the other room, and he was obviously a smoker. And uh, he came knocking at my door seconds later, and he was like, is this the smoking room? Because that's not the smoking room. And I was like, oh, I guess this is the smoking room. So we uh, we switched, switched rooms. And... Uh, Flash forward about three months later, Joe calls me up all pissed off because that hotel gave him scavies. And I didn't even know what scavies was, but apparently it's like a bed bug, but it burrows into your skin and causes you to get a rash. I mean, you just have to take antibiotics and it cleans it up, but, I mean, still pretty disgusting. But Joe is an odd cat, man. He is so, like, uh, you know... um, you know, like cleanly, like he, he doesn't like, I mean, even in like a fancy hotel, like a Hampton Inn, he will shower with flip-flops on. And yet again, no matter how disgusting the hotel is, he will climb into the sheets and the bedding and everything. I, (laughs) I don't, I don't get it. I mean, if a hotel is disgusting, I sleep right on top of the uh, the comforter. And I know people are like, oh, my God, the comforter is the most disgusting thing in the world. Why would you sleep on that? And I'm like, look at it from this point, okay? What is the oldest part of that bed? The mattress. So as far as I can stay away from that disgusting mattress is what I'm going to do, okay? I may be fully clothed with my shoes on laying on the comforter, but that's exactly what I'm going to do. But uh, he climbs in there like there's no slide on in there. I don't know how many times he's gotten bitten by bed bugs and he's got the scavies. And I mean, it's just disgusting. And at the time, had like really long hair. So I was just like, oh man, if bed bugs get in your hair, 
So, uh, so we switch, we switch rooms and, uh, we head off to the show. So we get to the show and we walk in and the show is supposed to start at like eight 30 and we're there at about eight o'clock and there's like seven people in the room and we're just like, Oh God, it's going to be one of these shows. So Joe goes up there to start the show and it's actually pretty good. I mean, for seven people, they were paying attention. They were smiling. Joe was having a little bit of you know, an interaction with them and it was going great. So he gets done or he was close to finishing. I think he was about 10 minutes out and the whole sound system just like crumbled underneath him. So I tried to kind of sneak up there and, uh, and fix the sound system, like turn my sound system on and give him the microphone. And he got all pissed off because he was like, you're killing my flow, man. And I was just like, Oh God. Uh, so we get my sound system up and working. Then I'm on stage. I'm not up and stage. I use stage very loosely. I was standing in front of uh, two uh, video slot machines and a potted plant. That was probably the funniest part of that whole setup. It's like a bar restaurant, and then over in the corner they have like six or seven of these video lottery machines. They have them in some bars. And to separate the video lottery machines from the bar, uh, they put like nine potted plants between the slot machines because that was supposed to be the uh air quotes casino anyways so i'm standing in front of a bunch of potted plants next to a jukebox that's now broken um and i'm trying to do my stuff and it's going pretty well and i get about six minutes in and these two guys come in the front door and one guy he couldn't even care. Like, there could have been clowns on unicycles juggling uh, poodles that are on fire. He didn't even... He shot right to the bar, ordered two beers and a shot, and, like, that's all he was. But the other guy stopped for a second and sees me up there talking, and he is in complete disbelief of what is happening to the point he actually says aloud in the room, what is going on here? And I was like, well, thanks for coming, sir. This is a comedy show. I'm doing stand-up comedy. Thanks for coming. And he's like, but why? And I was like, oh, God. I go, well, the nice lady over here that owns and runs this bar wanted to have a comedy show, so she hired us. We came here, and now we're doing it. And he's like, but I don't get it. And I was like, sir, can you please just either go to the bar or sit down or leave because I'm trying to do my comedy show. And he's like, well, if it's a comedy show, and then he just sits down with two people that he doesn't even know. He just like two people sitting there. And for the next like 15 minutes, every joke I told, he would just look at the people at the table and look back at me with this furrowed brow like. And at some point he just goes uh, to the people at his table like really loud. You think this is funny? This is supposed to be funny? And I tell you what, people. And a lot of the people that know me in comedy and have worked with me, in my 12 to almost 13-year career in stand-up comedy, I have never snapped on stage to the point of screaming at people in the audience. And this was the first show. I let it go for as long as I could, and it was just like such a bad week we had the whole thing go on with pocatello and then we got to this town and the hotel was shit and the crowd was shit and joe had a horrible set and the people were just i mean it was just a it was just a perfect storm of shitness and i just lost it i'm like dude you need to shut the fuck up 
And he, like, eyes wide open, he was like, what did you say to me? And I go, dude, it's a comedy show, okay? Comedy, all right? If you don't want to listen, then get the hell out of here. Don't keep sitting there and talking, okay? And at this point uh, that this whole blow-up happens, Joe and the manager and the bartender and the owner are all out in the alley uh, medicating, let's say. So no one is in the room to police the show or tell people to be quiet or anything so he stands up and uh i go so if you don't want to stay here then get the hell out of here and he's like why don't you get the hell out of here and go to jenny craig and i was like oh a fat joke congratulations i said why don't you go back to your trailer with your fat wife and make some more meth and at that point, his buddy, who was sitting at the, the bar, slams his beer glass down, stands up and goes, fuck you, and walks out the front door and slams it so hard, it sounds like a gunshot. So Joe and all the people come in because it sounded like somebody fired a gun. And uh, they're like, what's going on? And I just pointed to the guy standing and to the owner, and I said, this guy's gone or I'm not continuing the comedy show. That's it. So I went over to the table that was next to the mic stand in front of the potted plants and just started kind of sipping on my beer and just kind of waiting until they did something. So he uh, he looks at the owner and he looks at me and he says, this is my fucking bar. I ain't going anywhere and nobody's going to make me go anywhere. So he strolls over to the bar orders another drink and they won't give it to him and I'm just sitting off on the side and finally the cook and the bartender had to like shove him out the front door and I found out later that he was actually hanging out outside waiting for me to get finished so he could punch me in the face or do whatever but uh once this guy got kicked out and I went back to the microphone I I am not joking here i have done a lot of comedy shows in a lot of weird places i've actually done a comedy show uh in a in a hall where i found out that the, it was all church constituents and in the front row were two priests and three nuns and they wanted me to do an hour and 15 minutes i've had that scenario i've done comedy for children in wisconsin dells this by far had to be the most awkward show I've ever been a part. I mean, to try to restart anything after that was just brutal. And me and Joe in Stoner and the Fat Man, because basically with Stoner and the Fat Man, he goes up first, I go up second, and then he comes back up, and we tell jokes together and sing songs, and that's what's called Stoner and the Fat Man is the last, like, 20 minutes to 30 minutes of the comedy show is just us doing our thing and there's been a lot of times where it's been kind of a rough show and joe has said many a times that these people don't deserve stoner and the fat man like it was it's such a good thing that these people don't deserve it and i always would get on him i would tell him i'm like listen the only reason for us going out and doing these stoner and the fat man things is to get better at the stoner and the fat man thing because that hopefully in the future will become our thing you know like the beards of comedy or the cheese balls tour chicago style comedy where it's like a themed show where people will want that show and book it you know 
sadly it hasn't happened yet but you know it's kind of hard with joe being in new york and me being in minnesota for us to really work on it so to try to restart that show was just absolutely brutal and i got to the point where i just looked at joe and i go you know i think this is going to be the one time where i'm going to have to pull the ripcord on stoner and the fat man and he just looked at me with this look like in disbelief and he stood up and he started walking on the stage and he goes no 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 He's like, this guy isn't going to ruin Stoner and the Fat Man. We're going to do Stoner and the Fat Man. And I was like, oh, God, all right. So he's saying like two or three songs to just silence, and people are just staring at us. And I was just like, oh, my God. So we got finished, and the people paid us, and it was obvious that they weren't happy, and we weren't happy. And all I wanted to do was leave. But, of course, Joe... Joe loves making friends after comedy shows, and for the one show in the world that I just wanted it to end so I could just go back to bed and we could just move on to the next town, he finds some lady that apparently was a huge Hollywood agent that met a cattle rancher in Montana. when uh, She was managing Robert Redford and brad pitt or something like that and when they were doing a river runs through it uh she was out here managing her talent and ended up meeting a rancher and then got married and moved there so obviously a very interesting story but it was probably the fun the biggest mismatch of two people ever this guy's got a cowboy hat on and chaps and everything and she's wearing a neck defeat unitard drinking a merlot in this stupid ass big timber bar oh my god man but the best was as we were talking to them we found out that and i don't know if this is everywhere i can't really speak to this intelligently but in this town of montana they not only have police and a sheriff but they also have something called a posse yeah you heard me right there is a self-deputized group of men from that town that protected called a posse and uh apparently they're above the law so they do what they want to do and the cowboy guy informed me that the dude that i was going back and forth with was a part of the posse and i was like oh great so when we go out to the car we're probably going to get wrangled up by a bunch of guys with sheets on their heads and then we're going to be tied to like fire ant hills or something and i was just like freaking out joe thought it was hilarious obviously so we talked to this lady for a while and we were just like oh god i just don't want to be here anymore so i finally like uh convinced him to leave so we went outside terrified that there was going to be a bunch of people on horseback waiting for us in the street nobody was there we ended up going back to the hotel and the whole next day uh i was just like joe can attest to this he's never seen i was so mad at that whole town and that whole show we had to drive like six hours the next day and the whole six hours i'm just like you know what screw that town i hate that town i hate it and uh he was just like frightened (laughs) at me uh but yeah that was uh that was Big Timber, Montana. It was probably one of the craziest shows. And, and uh, quickly to, to wrap up this podcast, I'm going to tell you, because uh, the very next day 
we had to do a show in uh in gearing nebraska and uh we got there amazing show amazing people if you're ever in gearing nebraska you need to stop by the union bar it is uh great food they actually have a hamburger there i'm not exactly sure i think they call it the diet burger or something like that and it's like four hamburger patties and like 19 strips of bacon and it's smothered in gravy and it's deep fried inside a hot dog i don't know it's the most ridiculous thing i've ever seen but delicious so we went there and we did the show and uh at the time i was engaged about six months out from getting married um so we did the show we did stoner and the fat man amazing show awesome you know, they everybody loved it, sold a bunch of merchandise. And uh, so after the show, uh, as many a times after shows, uh, I will lose Joe Cocazello. He will just leave with people. And I always would tell him at the beginning of the tours, I'm like, uh, I don't care where you go or what you do, but we're leaving at 8 in the morning, so you better be there. And he was always there. He was never – I never had to go find him in a town. But so he left – and he was off with some other people and I was gathering up all my stuff to leave and there was you know some people you know saying how good the show was they want to shake my hand and talk to me or whatever and there was this giant woman there and it's just so funny to me because uh I I saw this girl and I thought to myself I was like that is that's the type of girl that uh would probably want to talk to me like she was just you know a giant woman and let's face it giant women do not want to be with tiny men they may end up with tiny men because of whatever the circumstances is but giant women when they see a man that's gianter than they are they get pretty excited so obviously i was bigger than this woman and she was pretty excited i snuck out and got back to the hotel and just was chilling out and cocazello finally rolls in at like two in the morning and uh, he is just laughing and laughing and laughing. I'm just like, what is going on? I mean, other than him being really high. Um, he he told me that uh, he ended up with some people, and they had an apartment above a garage, and they were up there medicating. And uh, this giant woman showed up because she had heard that Cocazello was hanging out with these friends of a friend. So she comes out there, and, and he's doing his thing, and... She just keeps asking all these non-sequitur questions about me. And Cocazello didn't really catch on to it at first. She was just like, uh, you know, so what's uh, what's the big man's deal? Has he uh, got a girlfriend or is he fiancé? And she's like, he's like, oh, yeah, he's about to get married. You know, he's really happy and whatever. And she's like, oh, okay. And she's like, you know, does he, uh, does he stay around here? Or do you guys uh, stay together? And... He's like, oh, the place was really cool. They hooked us up with this really nice hotel down the way. We're pretty excited. And she's like, is that the uh, the microtel down there or whatever? And she, he's like, and then it kind of clicked. And he was like, maybe. And she's like, oh, okay, well, it's great. So Joe kind of figures out that she's weirded out. So he starts wrapping up his stuff to leave. And she's like, you know, I might kind of... Because the hotel was like a block away from the venue, and I guess this person's apartment above the garage was like two blocks up the road. So uh, 
she's like, maybe I'll just uh, take a walk with you. You know, maybe stop by and say hi to to the big man. And he's like, ah, you know, it's probably not a good idea. You know, he's he's engaged, so he probably wouldn't want any visitors or whatever. And so he kind of takes off, and she's just like zipping right behind him and he's just like oh my god i don't know this town i can't lose her in the forest and everything and i guess he finally had to stop in the middle of the street and it's like really late at night nobody's around and just turn around and he's like look lady he's taken i'm sorry you'll find someone leave me the hell alone and he just took off running <laughs> And he's just laughing because he's like, you know, man, the things I do for you, the ways I protect you. And I'm like, oh, for God's sakes. And he goes, man, that lady, she could have just like, she was so big, she could have just attacked you and you wouldn't have been able to do anything about it. And I was like, oh, God. But yeah, Stoner and the Fat Man to this day is uh, one of my favorite things in the world to do. You know, I'm got a kid on the way this summer and i'm pretty excited about it you know but it uh it probably will be the end of the stoner and the fat men by and large but uh we are pretty excited uh the last week of august of this year we'll be performing at uh, the house of comedy at the mall of america mark pulos and joe cocazello back together one more time for stoner and the fat man so if you find yourself in the Twin Cities, and you want to experience what is considered the thunder of comedy, Stoner and the Fat Man, make sure you pop out there because uh, it's going to be a good time. But, uh, yeah, Stoner and the Fat Man. Once again, I'm Mark Poulos. This has been uh, the Unbridled Enthusiasm Live podcast. Make sure you uh, stick around and check out more of this. Who knows what I'll talk about next week. You never know. Goodbye.